Well, here we are. It is time, Simba. If you understand that reference, you might be about the age where we should be working together. It's possible. But it is now one of three times a year that I'm accepting clients for my freedom framework, overcoming food sensitivities and increasing energy without unnecessary restriction. My goal for my one-on-one clients is to take them through frameworks and explore tools for achieving 50, 80, 90% of their goals in just a few months and show them how to continue to heal on their own so they don't need me anymore. Honestly, I think we're doing great one-on-one work here, helping women that would otherwise be falling through the cracks, thinking that they're just aging, that they're just moms, that they just, and it may be true that they just have stress when really those stress hormones and their other core systems just really need some serious support and some serious love to serve them for years to come without symptoms. So if you'd like to clear inflammation, eczema, food sensitivities, or improve energy and brain clarity, I'd love to chat with you. You can book a call with me at kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, and that link will be in the show notes. Welcome to the Less Stressed Life podcast. This is your host, Krista Bigler, private practice integrative nutritionist, helping people across the U.S. reverse digestive issues, eczema, and autoimmunity via phone and video consult. To learn more, visit lessstressednutrition.com. Now, on to the show. So today on The Less Stressed Life, we have Sarah Morgan, who is a modern-day inventor. She has a master's in nutrition and is known for her innovative ideas that connect science to everyday life. She created even the first-of-its-kind wellness company that was developed to meet the unique nutritional needs and gaps of those taking common prescription medications like statins and birth control. Formulated to balance biochemistry, Even's products enable individuals taking prescription meds like birth control and statins to feel good while getting the benefits of their medications. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Yeah. So we were chatting a little bit off air. I, you know, I actually found you through one of those Instagram rabbit holes where you see something, then you click on something, you click on something. And then I'm like, oh, this looks interesting. I haven't heard of this product before. I'm kind of curious because quite frankly, a lot of people take birth control and there are some side effects, um, nutritional side effects that come with any medication actually. Um, but you have a couple products that target those specific ones. So let's talk about where this came from. Tell me about Sarah and what you used to do and how it led to what you're doing now, which is creating products that fill a nutritional gap. Tell us about that. Yeah. So, you know, through my teens, even 20s and 30s, I saw so many of my friends, colleagues, neighbors, like workout buddies, uh, take oral contraceptives, which, you know, we call a pill, and complain about symptoms. And I'll never forget this day. I was talking to one of my girlfriends, and she was like, Sarah, I got on the pill because I didn't want to get pregnant. But while I'm on the pill, I don't want to have sex. Like, how ironic is that? And, you know, it turns out that she's not alone. Like decreased libido is actually a really common complaint with women taking a lot of forms of hormonal birth control. And some of those also, you know, other complaints or common side effects include, you know, mood swings and weight gain and headaches, nausea, fatigue, breakthrough bleeding, on and on. There's a lot of them. And, you know, personally, I could relate. Um, I took the pill when I was first married, and I just felt weird um, is the best way I could describe it. Like, I just wasn't myself, and I wasn't really sure why. So fast forward, you know, I got my master's degree in nutrition, 13 years in clinical practice. I've kind of been nicknamed the gene queen. 
Uh, I love to dig into research and lots of reading, discussions with medical doctor colleagues. And what I discovered was a pattern. You know, modern medicine has provided many advancements that help us live better lives, right? Even if we think about things like uh, antibiotics that were created in World War II that saved millions of lives, but medications are known to increase the need for certain nutrients and over time can contribute to a lot of these common side effects people experience on their meds. And this is something that's called drug-nutrient interactions, and they're really well-documented in scientific literature. So basically, the bottom line is, you know, individuals taking medications really have unique nutrient needs. So here I am, like, kind of all of this is swirling around in my head, and I'm like, okay, well, is there a way for people to get the benefits of their medication and feel great? And then I was like, why hasn't anyone done this before? So what I did was just take the information, dug into the research, connected the dots. And, you know, I created a company that I want um, to help people like truly live better lives, better quality of life. Because, you know, if we don't have our health, there's not many other things that really matter. Um, So that's kind of where even came about. So we have, as you mentioned, the other pill, your birth companion to support women and their unique nutrient needs on birth control. We have statin support, uh, your cholesterol meds companion, and even we'll develop an entire line of products that are companions to these commonly prescribed prescription medications. Mostly we're talking about the pill or birth control pill today. So we'll talk about that. But I think sometimes that people aren't very aware of some of the common side effects from statins. So will you tell us about the common side effects from both the pill and them from statins as well? Yeah, absolutely. So the common side effects on uh, oral contraceptives, but really now like birth control is advanced to have all kinds of different options. So anything that's hormonal, um, from like Nexplanon, which is the implant to, you know, the pill that you swallow to the shot um, depot to um, hormonal IUDs, all of them are going to increase these nutrient needs kind of to varying degrees. Um, and what happens is women experience um, mood disruption. So that can be like more anxiety, you know, they feel more depressed, you know, they're overwhelmed, they're um, you know, it's like one moment they're crying and another moment they want to like key somebody's car, you know, like mm-hmm. you can kind of feel like varying uh, mood swings, so to say. So decreased libido is another one. Weight gain, um, increased appetite is another one, as well as nausea, headaches, digestive, you know, just discomfort in general, poor sleep quality, um, breakthrough bleeding is also another really common one. When we surveyed a lot of women, as well as talking to a lot of OBGYNs that prescribe birth control and, you know, deal with a lot of these common complaints their patients come in with. So that is birth control. And then if we move to statin medications, some of the big complaints or side effects there would be muscle pain and weakness or myalgia. And um, a lot of that has to do with the depletion of CoQ10. I'm happy to geek out as much as you want on why these side effects happen. Uh, Fatigue, you know, people just kind of feel more, low energy when they're on a statin. Uh, Digestive problems actually can occur as well on statins. Vision changes where your vision actually gets worse. Uh, Headaches, memory problems. You know, it's kind of like you walk into the kitchen and you're like, 
why did I walk into the kitchen again? Like you just don't recall things as well. Maybe names, that kind of stuff. A weakened immune system. Um, this has to do a lot with the zinc depletion that happens over time on statins. Uh, increased blood sugars and increased risk for type 2 diabetes. And then sleep disruption is another common one on statin medications. That's kind of a frustrating list because so many people are on statins. It's almost like the norm. Once you get to a certain age, it feels like it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of frustrating that it increases blood sugar and type 2 diabetes because it's often given as sub, like in conjunction for people that have yeah. diabetes, honestly. Um, let's talk about CoQ10 a little bit because I see that a lot in people that are getting older. I see CoQ10 dropping a lot. There's some rules of them about um, people needing CoQ10 at a certain time. Let's talk about it just a touch and how that could be contributing to fatigue and energy lapses, et cetera. Because from what I see, a lot of um, prescription drugs do deplete CoQ10. So let's talk about that one for a moment. Yeah. So CoQ10 is um, basically uh, antioxidant and something that your mitochondria make and your mitochondria call them the little energy buddies they're you know referred to as the powerhouse of your cell so to give a little bit of perspective one liver cell has about 2500 mitochondria so this is a really important part of your system you know and your physiology as a human and um, CoQ10 is um, utilized in what's called the electron transport chain, but it's basically a way that our mitochondria make cellular energy for us in the form of ATP. And again, I like kind of like bringing this down to ways we can all relate to it. We make our body weight in ATP every day. It's a way that our heart beats and our eyes blink and our muscles work and you know, we can like run down the driveway and grab our mail and cook dinner and all these just vital functions, right? Our, we can breathe and our um, everything happens properly. Even our nervous system is really dependent upon this cellular energy. Um, so when we think about um, statins, to go back to that when you're like, it seems like everybody's on statins, um, I would say you're right. Uh, 78 million Americans currently use statins or one in four Americans who are 45 years of age or older. So this is a huge topic that we really need to do a better job of educating not only physicians, but also patients about, you know, in terms of these needs. Uh, So CoQ10 helps prevent a lot of inflammation in the body or what's called oxidative stress. So it acts as an antioxidant. Um, So what happens is when you take a statin medication and as you referenced, as we get older, our um, production in, inside of our body uh, goes down of CoQ10. So it's kind of a double whammy, right? Like you're 45, 50 years old, and then you, you're put on a statin. So this um, drug, the way it works is it um, inhibits a pathway of how you make cholesterol. But in that same pathway further down, you also, that's how you make CoQ10. So what happens is, if you're low in CoQ10, you can have the muscle pain and weakness. Um, you can have a lot more inflammation. And that's where we even see like fatigue. You can't, you know, you're not making energy as well. You're more inflamed. The vision changes, those ocular changes. Um, you have a lot of mitochondria in your eye. And when CoQ10 levels go down, you can have problems with worsening of your vision, which is something that actually they've studied pretty extensively with statins. Even headaches, you know, there's really good data that 
Um, migraines um, and, you know, just more typical types of headaches can be alleviated in certain individuals with CoQ10, enough CoQ10. And then memory, you know, our brain, like our brain uses a lot of CoQ10. Our brain needs energy in the form of ATP to function as well. Um, so those are just some of the reasons we would see some of those symptoms as CoQ10 goes down. And it, you know, it's, I'm, I'm like always a food first person and, you know, supplement second and, you know, you can't supplement yourself into a good diet, right? It has to start with lifestyle and we're very passionate about that with even, you know, teaching people about those lifestyle tips as well. But it's really hard to get enough CoQ10 in your diet from food. And I was actually just yesterday <laughs> digging in and like, is there a way we can just get it from our diet? But it's, it's very hard to do that. Mm -hmm. So in summary, a lot of medications, in addition to statins, compromise CoQ10. It's hard to get through the diet and it causes a mess. It's a real mess of problems. I mean, you don't really have energy. People, probably the number one complaint out there is like not awesome energy. And CoQ10 is one of your um, primary guys because it helps with the making and the manufacture of energy. I always kind of say, I don't know, it's kind of like the little chips on the motherboard or something like that. I'm not really sure if that's a great analogy or not, but I think about <laughs> I like how it, it creates energy. So cool. All uh -huh. right. Let's talk about, so we talked about CoQ10. What are some other nutrients that get depleted by statins or cholesterol lowering medications that you have included in the statin buddy or the statin, the product is yeah. called statin support. Uh-huh. Yep. So another one that's really interesting is uh, vitamin K2 and mm -hmm. Vitamin K2, what's so interesting, and when we look at the data about statins, so statin medications lower cholesterol, you know, but what we've discovered, too, is statins also stabilize plaque, um, especially like vulnerable plaque that can break off and lead to clots um, in a kind of a weird way, and they don't totally know how, how. Um, statins also actually have an anti-inflammatory effect, which I think is very interesting. So there's some other things that statins do outside of lowering cholesterol. But one of the things we found is that statins also deplete uh, K2. And the mechanism of how it does that, we don't fully understand yet. But what's super interesting is if we look at longer term studies with statin use, because people are on statins not for like a year or two years, you know, they tend to be on statins for decades. What happens is you can actually have more calcification in the arteries when your CoQ10 or excuse me, when your vitamin K2 levels are down. And that's because K2 is, you know, part of where it regulates calcium metabolism, right? Where like mm -hmm. calcium goes in the body. And we definitely don't want calcium to be deposited in our soft tissue, like our artery walls. Right. So that one's a really interesting one that's very important. Also about K2, because I think the general public doesn't necessarily know a lot about K2 because we're more used to hearing about vitamin K1 kind of in medicine in general, because you hear about it, oh, you can't eat leafy greens if you're on a blood thinner because yeah. K1 is how blood clotting happens, which is a different story that's not exactly completely perfectly how you should do it. But K2 is thought to be made with good bacteria in the gut. So it's interesting how statins would decrease it. Um, so that's kind of interesting to think about the mechanism. I've done a lot of K2 research. Like a, There's just incredible, incredible research around K2 actually. And so um, it's well known that it improves cardiovascular outcomes and uh, possibly performance. So cardiovascular and then also bone health. How much K2 is in this product? 
It's a hundred percent daily value. So we didn't go super high on our K2 um, because we, you know, like what's interesting too, I'll say about statin support that um, is just an important note um, is if you're on a blood thinner, um, CoQ10 and K2, you know, it's aren't necessarily like the best things to, you know, be taking. So that's the only time, you know, we would say like, hey, make sure to check with your doctor. And this might not be like, you know, the best, the best uh, option for you at the moment with what you're doing. Mm -hmm. How much CoQ10 is in it since we've talked about that now? Yeah, yeah, there's 200 milligrams of CoQ10. Oh, that's a pretty hefty, that's a pretty sizable dose, actually. Um, usually it's pretty expensive to get that much CoQ10 on its own, I would say. Um, okay. Yeah, so, it is. And sorry, I didn't, I didn't actually say the dose of the K2. I apologize. Yeah. It's 120 micrograms of that yeah. as well. And yeah, we put um, 200 milligrams of CoQ10 because there are some really interesting studies done about heart function with statins and that dose of CoQ10 basically reversing any of the problems uh, with heart function basically is the easiest way to say it um, when they were given 200 milligrams. Got it. And I can vouch for, without knowing Sarah before uh, 15 minutes ago, I can vouch for the fact that 120 micrograms of K2 is a good dose as well um, and is shown to be effective in a lot of areas. I have just a very long list, so maybe we can include that in the show notes of some of the things that do. That does. Okay, so I see sulforaphane in both the statin support and the other pill. So we'll jump over to the other pill in here in a little bit. But because there's a couple, there's a couple ingredients that go in both for sure. So there's the sulforaphanes and the biopurine. And we are familiar with it. Let's talk about biopurine um, first, because that is a compound of black pepper. And we know about its uh, impact in helping you absorb turmeric or curcumin, curcuminoids that come from turmeric. Um, we have an episode that talks about that quite a bit. But I'm not used to, I was surprised to see it in your formulation. So apparently it's also helping with absorption of other nutrients here as well as the thought process, right? Yeah, it does. There's actually a lot of really cool things that um, the black pepper extract does, the piperine. Um, so one of the things is it's helping with nutrient delivery across the you know, intestinal wall. Um, and that is going to increase nutrient delivery in the bloodstream. And so there's some really good data, you know, like turmeric's talked about a lot. Um, there's some really good data about vitamin B6. Most of the minerals are actually delivered better across the gut um, barrier when the, they're delivered with this black pepper extract. Um, what's really cool, too, about um, the black pepper extract is it's a tiny bit antimicrobial. I don't talk about this a lot, and it's not a huge dose. It's only five milligrams. Um, but, you know, a lot of medications cause dysbiosis or an imbalance of, like, the good and bad bacteria in our um, digestive tract. So that's another thing that it's doing. But actually, CoQ10 studies with um, – the black pepper extracts are really impressive in terms of how much it increases the delivery. Cause that's one of the problems with CoQ10 is um, delivery um, mm -hmm. to the cells can be a problem. And that was one of the reasons we put it in both of our formulas when we talked to the company and looked at a lot more of the data that does exist. Yeah. I have several, I have a weird case study where this one woman, uh, when she, and this is like, 
never would happen to pretty much anyone else. But she did have um, <laughs> quite a bit of a, a heart. Like she had some weird symptoms from taking CoQ10. I'll tell you the gist of it. You don't have to worry about the pieces because I don't want anyone to think this is going to happen to them. She really struggled to get things into her cell. So there were some specific things we did, nutrients to help things get inside of the cell. So we improved the cell membranes. And the minute that we did that, everything got better. Like everything was well tolerated. Yeah. Everything worked. Um, so it's just kind of interesting that you mentioned that. That is a big thing. Like people take supplements, but you have to know what works synergistically together. What's going to cause a deficiency. Mm -hmm. So if you take high CoQ10 for a long time, what will that cause a deficiency in? Not that people like average need to know this. I think the big concern is here is that people are like, 25% of Americans are on statins and they don't know that CoQ10 is going to be low, which is going to lead to a ton of other symptoms. That's the real pressing issue here. So you've got a solid dose yeah. of, of both things there. All right, let's talk about sulforaphane and the source of the sulforaphane and what it does, because that also leads yeah. to the pill. Yeah, this is one of my favorite things that I've researched probably over the last like 18 months. Mm -hmm. So sulforaphane is like magic for your cells. It's uh, really cool. And, you know, like knowing more about genetics, what it does in terms of upregulating a whole enzyme complex um, that makes all of your antioxidants. It's like the biggest bang for your buck of something that you could be taking. And if you are up for growing your own broccoli sprouts in your kitchen, which is actually really easy to do, I highly recommend it. It's mm -hmm. a great way and a cheap way to get sulforaphane into your life. Um, so the NRF2 complex will increase, I call them like some of the superheroes in your body, like glutathione, superoxide dismutase, catalase. But what they're doing is they're uh, modulating or balancing inflammation in our system, right? Like we want some to throw fireballs of inflammation at bacteria and viruses and kind of destroy them. But we don't want so much inflammation that our own tissues are being damaged, um, so that's one of the really cool things about sulforaphane. It's from broccoli seed extract is where we're getting it. And um, the other really neat thing in terms of transitioning to the other pill is it will to well, a little bit lesser extent than eating like a whole cruciferous vegetable um, aid with especially estrogen metabolism um, through the different pathways in our liver. So yeah, sulforaphane is awesome. Grow some broccoli sprouts in your kitchen. <laughs> There's lots of tutorials online. I don't know if you've talked a lot about that, but I have some seeds actually in my pantry right now. I'm like, I need to just get them out and put them in a jar and get it going. I feel this way all the time and I don't know why I don't do it because I know it's basically like the best thing you could possibly ever do. Um, and I learned this from a genetics speaker that I was listening to and she was talking about even though genetics are specific, very individualized, in a way you can take like the big hitters and use them for public health or like the broad public. Like these statements apply to everyone. Like everyone can benefit from sulforaphanes that increase NRF2. I mean, there's supplements out there that are quite expensive. They're just selling NRF2 and people feel a lot better from this antioxidant potential mm -hmm. that makes everything else work. I mean, this is like super important. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's pretty cool. And yeah, if you can do broccoli sprouts, that's the, a great source. Um, but yeah. Um, so I was wondering about oh, the calcium. Oh, can I add one other thing? Of course. Oh. Yeah, please do. I, sorry, I just thought of this and I wanted to add it. Um, in terms of sulforaphane too, one of the reasons we put it in statin support is there's some really good studies about sulforaphane actually reversing um, type 2 diabetes and uh reducing insulin resistance, um, which is 
a problem, right, when people are in statins, especially for a longer period of time. So I uh, just wanted to add that as well. Yeah, I, I always wonder how that happens. Like, what's the mechanism, even if we're not able to put our finger on it? Is it because of the improvement of antioxidants and the kind of cascade that happens there? I just I just wonder, because um, that's pretty cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Nutrients are awesome. I am. I, I didn't realize that we were having this conversation, but I am a, a really big nutrient geek, like huge, because people don't realize how very intricate they can be and how just taking willy nilly supplements can really cause actually quite a bit of problems or no improvement at all. Um, and so uh, I just, I really enjoy intricacies of nutrients quite a bit. Um, okay, so let's talk about, let's go back. I do, I just some, have some questions about the nutrients that are in the other pill, which is the companion for hormonal birth control. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about some of the nutrients most depleted by taking the pill. Um, let's cover that because we've kind of talked about statins for a while. Yeah. So the biggest one that I would highlight first and foremost is vitamin B6. Um, And vitamin B6 is really important for tryptophan metabolism. Tryptophan is an amino acid that is a precursor to our feel-good neurotransmitter called serotonin. And then take it a step further. We eventually make our, you know, it's an antioxidant as well, but it helps us sleep and have a good sleep cycle, which is melatonin. Mm-hmm. So when they looked at women uh, taking oral contraceptives and some of the studies that we cover, um, they're all on our research page and our website. Um, women had altered tryptophan metabolism within 30 days of being on oral contraceptives. So what does that mean? That means, guess what? No wonder so many women are moody uh, when they're on birth control and serotonin Um, is important not only for our mood, but it also plays a really big role in our gut function, Mm -hmm. right? And so a lot of the symptoms that happen related to digestive discomfort have to do with alterations in the serotonin. So all of that to say vitamin B6 is crucial for that um, proper conversion of tryptophan to be converted into serotonin and melatonin properly. So when women were supplemented with vitamin B6, um, we have 10 milligrams in our um, formula in the form of P5P so that it's the activated form of vitamin B6. Your body doesn't have to do anything. It just takes it and go. Um, all of their symptoms of um, serotonin deficiency or the alterations of tryptophan metabolism were corrected, which is pretty incredible, um, with mood being, again, one of those top three complaints of women on hormonal birth control. So that'd be the first one. Yeah. um, And then, you know, with that, I would honestly add probably like uh, vitamin B1, which is thiamine, and B2, which is riboflavin. I don't feel like they get a lot of attention, mm-hmm. but I dug all the way back to some of the studies in the 40s, um, which was so fascinating. And some of these they originally did on rats, but they actually took these rats, they gave them like total hysterectomies, basically, uh, so they couldn't make their own hormones. And then they put these hormonal pellets in them and um, deprived them of B1 and B2 in their diets. Like they kind of did, they set up a bunch of different like groups of what they were doing. But what they found was when these rats and also eventually humans are deprived of vitamin B1 and 2, their ability to fully metabolize estrogen goes away. Like it literally halts to a stop, which is not a good thing, right? You talk to OBGYNs and they'll say estrogen is 
use it and lose it is kind of their way that they talk about it. Estrogen is really important. It's a protective to our brain and our heart, and it does all this stuff, but we don't want it sticking around because it can tell cells to grow that shouldn't keep growing. Um, and what happened were these rats actually started uh, being in heat again. <laughs> they were they were like having a cycle or breakthrough bleeding, we could say. And what when they put them back on vitamin B1 and 2 in an adequate dose, um, their estrogen metabolism normalized again. So again, those are two that I think don't really get a lot of attention that I would say were really interesting in the research to look at. Also, nausea is a really common complaint women have on birth control. And when you're um, depleted in thiamine, vitamin B1, what happens is lactate levels in the gut increase and can cause a lot of pain, nauseousness, and actually even vomiting. So when you get enough thiamine on board, um, you know, your lactate levels and your digestive tract can normalize as well, which is really important. Um, women on birth control have higher levels of oxidative stress, meaning they're just a little bit more inflamed um, when they looked at some of these um, different oxidative stress markers. MDA was one of them. And when they gave these women vitamin C and E, um, they gave them about 150 milligrams of vitamin C and about 20 milligrams of vitamin E, all of their oxidative stress markers went back to normal. You know, so we think about like, we were talking a little bit about inflammation, right? And we just don't want a lot of, you know, inflammation hanging around long term because it just gives us a lot of symptoms. So uh, that's, that's that. I would add some of the minerals, but I don't want to, I don't want to ramble. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I was going to go back and say like B6, I see efficacious doses between 10 and 50 milligrams, depending on what the goal is there. So I love, I love the research that you brought up and how you um, noted that 10 milligrams seem to be effective. Um, and I love that you touched on B1 and B2, riboflavin and thiamine, because I agree they are, um, they are lesser talked about. Um, they're definitely not like the big hitters like B6, B5, B12 for me, those are big ones, um, that I deal with all the time as issues in, in gut health things. But um, as a side note, uh, we see B2 down a lot when people are kind of on a low grain, low carb diet, which is, you know, kind of common now, um, because that's going to be one of the yeah. primary sources from that. So just a thought. Yep. So and we have, go ahead. Oh, I was ahead. just going to say we have B12 and folate in our formula as well. And there was data to show those nutrients are, you know, lowered when women are, are on oral contraceptives. And, you know, talking to several OBGYNs are like, Sarah, this is so important because, you know, so many women are like on their birth control and then they get off and they go to try to get pregnant right away. And, you know, like if you're going to do that, you're depleted in these nutrients that are crucial for a healthy pregnancy. Um, so, you know, just another reason of like, hey, when you're on birth control, you really want to support your body, um, especially thinking about, you know, your future in terms of, you know, having children, if that's one of your goals. Yeah. And just to peg on to that, it's thought that a lot of these nutrients impact uh, neural tube defects and which uh, chromosomal abnormalities. So not just, you know, the old school spina bifida, like we used to think, but other things like type one diabetes, et cetera, like things that happen yeah. in utero that don't really like the nutrient status of you a few months before you get pregnant, we think impacts that. So I can't, I mean, if we could, if I could just 
put a stake in the ground and say, hey, it's just so important to to nourish well in advance of conception. I'd just like to put that stake there. So, yeah. That's a um, good one. I like the stake too. Stand there yeah. with you. Yeah. Okay. So tell me about why you have calcium deglucrate in the formula and how much is there? Yeah, that's a great question. So whenever you're taking hormones, um, exogenous hormones, meaning outside of your system, especially estrogen, but also progesterone or progestin that's not made internally, you have to go through several steps for those hormones to be metabolized. And a lot of this occurs in the liver, and we have basically phase one, two, and three, um, kind of these little steps we have to go through um, for that to happen properly. And calcium deglucurate kind of helps keep those hormones packaged well, so they're excreted uh, in our, it's a bowel movement. We poop out our problems, as I like to say. Mm-hmm. So the calcium deglucurate is in there um, to really help with gentle hormonal detoxification or hormonal metabolism. It's not enough of a dose to impact your you know, birth control in a negative way. It's a dose you could even get if you're pounding enough cruciferous vegetables. Um, but we want to really ensure that, you know, that's happening properly. Because a lot of the symptoms, and this is kind of how OBGYNs are trained, a lot of the symptoms associated with birth control, you know, the OBGYN will just say, oh, it's just hormones. It's just hormonal symptoms. And it's like, well, it's poor metabolism and a buildup of these hormonal metabolites that also can make you moody and gain weight and have breakthrough bleeding. Those are all things that happen when you've got too many of these hormonal metabolites hanging around. So we just wanted to make sure that, you know, occurs well and it's supported properly. Um, This is also really important just um, to neutralize what are called quinones that can cause DNA damage and put women at risk for, you know, other problems down the road like breast cancer, uterine cancer, ovarian cancer due to too much again, hormonal metabolites hanging around. And this can happen even if you're not on birth control. You know, you just make a lot of estrogen or you don't metabolize it properly. That can happen as well. But um, some of the other nutrients in there help to specifically neutralize those quinones. So the process happens perfectly all the way through. So we talked a lot about the nutrients in both the statin support and the other pill, which fills in the gaps for the pill. Are there, did we touch on, do we think most of the, a lot of biochemical changes that happen when women take birth control or do we need to touch on any? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I, I feel like I could honestly talk about it forever. I spent about um, a year just researching um, as I was formulating. So, you know, higher oxidative stress, you know, more inflammation, um, more need for support um, for the liver with hormonal metabolism would be another big one. Um, And then again, just some of the downstream effects that happen um, in terms of these cofactors or nutrients that get depleted just because they're being used more while you're on your medication. And I will say too, with the other pill, a big question we get, which is a great one is like, how is this different than a multi, right? Mm -hmm. Like some of these things are really similar to what you'd find in a multivitamin And what's really interesting about the data is um, calcium, vitamin A, and interesting, we talked about K2, um, all increase when women are on oral contraceptives. And 
uh, the one thing that I found that was so interesting in the data was when calcium increases and magnesium goes down, because magnesium is also depleted um, when women are on oral contraceptives, that influx in the ratio of calcium to magnesium is thought to um, be part of what increases the risk for blood clots in women. So I would say like, man, taking calcium while you're on hormonal birth control, like we really want to think that through, right? Like I wouldn't just go out and like pound a bunch of calcium. I also wouldn't go out and pound a bunch of vitamin A. And I, you know, it's interesting. I would probably just really lean on K2 from the buddies in my belly, as I call them, and our food sources over, you know, taking a supplement just in terms of, you know, again, those very unique nutrient needs, um, because it's not just about depletions, but there's also some changes that happen to nutrients in terms of increase as well. So you talked about increase of calcium being depleting magnesium and magnesium is one we should probably talk about. Um, common signs would be like muscle, muscle twinches or cramping, right? Um, sometimes affects sleep because it also mm-hmm. helps with that serotonin production. Um, so we kind of yeah. consider it electrolyte. So there can be several things, maybe headaches. What form are you putting in the other pill and how much? Yeah, we have um, magnesium malate in uh, the other pill, and we have 50 milligrams um, because in terms of the data, again, what was we were looking at in uh, the amount of depletion and then the amount of supplementation that kind of reversed and um, improved red blood cell magnesium levels, that was a dose that was supportive uh, with the data. And, you know, it's not, I would say this, it's not like if you're super deficient in magnesium, 50 milligrams is not going to do it. No. But, you know, again, this is where I say, like, it's super important to eat a diet that's going to be rich in some of these nutrients as well, because we're trying to cover the specific nutrients that you need while you're on oral contraceptives. And we had to fit it all in one pill because <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't want to have more for people to swallow. Right. And that is a big thing. There's a reason. I mean, this isn't totally related here, but later on, we'll have someone come on and talk about a prenatal she spent a year formulating. And she's included, you know, certain nutrient choline that's normally not found in a prenatal because it's big and it's expensive. And so manufacturers just don't do Mm -hmm. that, right? (laughs) Because it decreases compliance overall and and purchase, you know, on the shelf. So it's tricky, you know, it's tricky providing quality products because it always comes with more education, right? So, um, it does. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're in the quality product market, your future is a lot of education. Um, so, you know, anytime we're talking about supplements, the, the question is, okay, can we do things through diet? We've talked a little bit about broccoli sprouts, et cetera. Do you recommend any specific diet or other changes that you think help women that are taking birth control? Absolutely. We actually have a free ebook that's, uh, six ways to boost your mood on the pill. And it goes through, You know, it's just a simple guide of not only your diet, but some lifestyle things you can do that are going to help you feel better, right? From movement to sleep to, um, you know, like eating foods that are rich in vitamin B6 and some of the different minerals. So, you know, for me, like I am, I don't subscribe to any type of specific diet. And I think it's just because I really do see each person as so individual and I've looked at enough genes that it's like, people really are different in terms of what they can metabolize and their body's preferences for things. But I do go for, you know, the more color. Um, I'm a big proponent of lots of vegetables, plant foods, um, you know, fruits, nuts and seeds, like eat the rainbow, 
You're going to get a lot of really great stuff there. Um, good quality protein, you know, grass-fed is really important. We also want to make sure you're getting healthy fats. But for me, variety is probably the biggest thing. If I could say one word in terms of your diet, that would be really important. But it's also going to help you get all of those sprinklings of nutrients to help you feel better. I appreciate you saying that because I don't think anyone's come on and said that um, completely. And that's maybe oh, something really? I should I should hang more of a hook on when I talk about it as like variety, variety. Because I often say, for example, in the U.S., our protein choices are very boring. We have the same four things a lot right? of people do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's not great variety that creates other issues. Um, it has a potential to create other issues. So anyway, I, I like that you said that. Sarah, if there is – if someone's listening to this right now and saying – oh, like, I wish I had known about this a long time ago, or this is so great. I mean, what would you leave them with? We'll talk about where to find you, et cetera, online. But what would you what would you leave them with as like a ending note here that you want the message you want people to have? Yeah, I would say like, hey, start now, right? Like, it's never too late to start. And the coolest thing ever is that our bodies are so adaptable. And they can heal so fast if we do the right thing. So you know, that's a big thing. And then like, oh, man, if you're listening and you're like, oh, I wish I had known this a long time ago when I was taking birth control or, oh, wow, I'm on a statin. It's like I also am really passionate about um, people not feeling shame about taking their medications because I think there's kind of this message out there of like, oh, meds are all bad. And it's like nothing's all bad and nothing's all good. Um, so, you know, like if you're on a medication, don't feel shameful about that, but just mm-hmm. recognize that you do have unique nutrient needs and just make sure you're fulfilling those so you can have great quality of life. Yeah. I love that I have get to talk to some people <laughs> that aren't just crazy <laughs> one way or the other. They're like, yeah, you know, we all, all these things have a purpose. It's just that being aware of oh. some of the side effects is very positive. Sarah, where can people find you online? Yeah. So the best way to find us is our website, even health co. Um, it's even there's all kinds of great info. We have free ebooks for statin support and the other pill that gives some more information. We've got um, a really cool ingredient chart on our website that shows like, hey, signs you're not getting enough of this nutrient, the role of the nutrient in the body. We really are about educating people. And then we've got a great research page as well. So if you're like, hey, I want to look at this data, I want to dig in, we have a lot of information there for you as well. Um, so that, that's the best place to reach us. Cool. I did see the ingredient chart and I enjoyed it. I have some similar things for different nutrients and I just thought that was a really beautiful one. I definitely encourage people to go check that out. Sarah, I wish you, I wish you a lot of success in your, um, in your future. I, I think it's a noble thing that you're working on right now. I think it's a beautiful labor of love and I hope it takes off very well. Well, thank you so much for having me on. One of the best gifts you could give us at The Less Stress Life is your feedback. We are paid in podcast reviews. If you enjoyed this or any other episode, please leave us a review. In the iTunes store or from your podcast app, just search for Less Stress Life as if you're not already subscribed. Click on the banana face image, scroll to the bottom where it shows the text of other reviews, and write a review. While you're there, hey, make sure you hit subscribe. For Android or Stitcher users, you gotta go to 
to the desktop site and search for Less Stress Life and then scroll down to leave a review. Stitcher doesn't load Apple reviews on their site, so if you want, you can leave a review in both places. Your feedback means a lot to the success of the show. Thanks so much for taking the time to do that. You rock. 